Welcome. Come on into the laboratory of nonsense and the absurd. It's me, Professor Theodore Bumbledum. Among the beeping, buzzing and burbling noises, we will be exploring our senses and how we use them to interact with the world around us in... The Science of Sense! One, two, three, four, five and six. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I wish? One, two, three, four, five and six. There are many more senses than this. Come on, come on, come on. With me in the laboratory is, of course, Dennis, my trusty cat, who's currently doing some bizarre-looking experiment on our resident mouse, Kevin. Well, I think that's what he's doing. Dennis has a white bib on and a knife and a fork. Dennis! You can't... Do- Leave Kevin alone. But beside me are my two junior professors, Milo Acosta and Luke Naniana. Professors, please introduce yourselves. Take it away. Go. Hi, my name's Milo. I'm 13 years old. I enjoy playing sports such as basketball and football. Uh, I like reading books and playing video games. Wonderful. And over to Professor Luck. Hi, my name is Luke. I'm 13 years old. My favourite colour is blue. I play the violin, ukulele and guitar. What sense are we exploring, Professor Rumbledum? Well, you must guess that, Professor Milo, from my Science of Sense riddle. Well, the sense it could prove useful near a bear in her lair... Although with senses in that situation, well, the more the merrier. But if her roar it was the warning, what's the one you'd count on most? Best be on your bike and out of there, or for sure you'll be bare toast. Professor Milo, which sense do you believe we will be dealing with this week? Um, hearing. We're going to find out all about our sense of hearing from a real scientist. Uh, excuse me, I am a real scientist. Professor Luke O'Neill, who's not only a scientist, but also a musician. Yeah, well, I'm a scientist first and foremost, I suppose, and I specialised in immunology. So eventually, as a scientist, you, you home in on one area, you know. Like, and I'm what's a, an, immuno- an immunologist? That's good, yeah. An immunologist, we work on the immune system. So the immune system is very important to defend us against nasty germs and viruses. What got you interested in science? Yeah, well, no more than you two fellows. I mean, you're curious about this, aren't you? you know? yeah. All science begins with curiosity. And you have the, the sort of, uh, you know, the interest in something. I mean, what, why is that the way it is? You know? So strangely, my first interest was, I'm from Wicklow. And I wondered, how do those mountains get carved out in the way they are? You know? And then I read about it, and the massive glaciers, amazingly, 10,000 years ago carved out the mountains and, and, and I, it, we love solving puzzles don't we lads you ever do a puzzle yeah. so science is a bit like solving a puzzle so the puzzle is like what how does hearing work can we solve that you know so i think i've always been driven by this innate curiosity about things like that. so how does hearing work well it begins with vibrations okay so your ear has an eardrum literally a little tiny yeah. drum inside your, your ear you know and that vibrates like a drum would you know that vibration sends a signal through bones in your ear and then a nerve, a huge big nerve called the auditory nerve, picks up those vibrations and goes to your brain. And your brain goes, oh, that's a sound. You know? So we hear it through vibrations and our nerves into our brains. We're always surrounded by sounds. Some we love, some we hate, some remind us of other places. So here at the laboratory of nonsense and the absurd, we're going to go into a journey of sound. Everyone breathe in through your nose. I three ears. Open your ears to the sound of seagulls in the sky. 
The seagulls call to each other, gently singing. I hope there's chips down there. Now, look. Yes. I want you, Professor Look, to go back in your lifetime and find the best sound that you can remember from your life. Take it away. The greatest sound I've ever heard is sound of people in the park are playing and enjoying themselves in the summer. Yes, that is a good sound. And you, Professor Milo, tell us a sound that you have enjoyed in your life. I've enjoyed the sound of the piano. It was in a shopping centre and there was a performer outside playing the piano. Wow. What is it about music, Professor O'Neill? Why do we love it so much? We think music is uniquely human, by the way. We don't know. Now, dogs can like music and start howling. There are examples of other animals liking music. But certainly in humans, we've taken this to the extreme. Mm -hmm. So the big question is, why did, we, why did we evolve this capacity for music? And the thing, it begins with, with talking, of course. And my voice tone, you'll sense my voice going up and down. And you might like the sound of my voice. And maybe a mother with a baby, she's singing to the baby. So maybe that's where it started. You know? And then it moves into musical instrument. The earliest musical instrument we think is a flute. That was, I think it's about 50,000 years ago even. You know, it was a mammoth bone that was carved into and you can make a whistling noise. I mean, music is actually mainly about enjoyment. We're very sociable as creatures. You know, we love being together, don't we? And we sing together. That gives us a great sense of community, doesn't it? Research has shown that our brains release oxytocin when we sing together. That's the chemical that's involved in our social bonding and might be one of the reasons that we get a feeling of togetherness when we sing. Did you also know that when we sing, it's the right side of our brain we're using to produce the rhythm and melody. And when we speak, we use the left side of our brain. That's the part that controls word formation and sentence structure. That means if a person had a speech impediment, like a stutter, it wouldn't be there when they sing, as it's a different part of their brain. So what's your favourite sound, Professor O'Neill? Well, it gets back to where this all evolved from. I quite like the sound of water flowing, like a waterfall or the sea. It's not like a pleasure from that, you know? Or the wind. Do you, like the, do you ever like the winds when it's blowing through the trees or yeah. howling? I love that sound. And, it, and late at night and the sound of rain on your window. Yes, isn't it great? It's safe yeah. and warm. Yeah, it's something that's lovely, isn't it? And there's frequencies in that sound, which are better in music as well. So, so I like those sounds. What kind of sounds irritate? The ones I hate the most of all, yeah, will be that high-pitched, awful alarm that goes off so, or something like that yeah. the android alarm no that wakes me up when I have to go to school I've slept through my alarm sometimes as well I have to say but, um, but yes it's, it's the noise of the alarm and again they've made those alarm clocks on purpose to wake people up around yeah, so the frequency annoying. will be high you know it's partly because if outside say for instance we hear a loud crashing noise We've evolved to avoid that because it might be dangerous, you know. So some things make us feel a bit uneasy. Those kinds of nasty sounds make us feel a bit uh, uncomfortable. Sounds crying like... babies. But again, that's evolved because if a baby's crying, it's meant it's meant to make you feel uncomfortable to help the baby, you know. And then you move, and then you look after the babies. Does do we hear <clears throat> some sounds differently than others? 
Well, we've already got to pick it up how loud something is. Yeah. Well, I shout now. You see, you can hear yeah, yeah. Yeah, whisper. So we're, we're very good at sensing loudness, you know, and quietness, first of all. And then secondly, of course, we can get different what's called pitch. So the notes, say, if you play a keyboard, yeah. you can tell the difference between those notes. So it's a very sensitive thing here. You know? Say in a movie or something, if a noise is scary, but it isn't like necessarily loud and it, it's just kind of eerie. Like, yeah. how, how would that... Because we don't like what we call dissonance, where notes sound very jarring, you know, mm. like a horror movie soundtrack. Oh, that makes us feel a bit uneasy. Yeah. If you play like a chord on a piano, yeah. if the notes are like spaced out in a certain it sounds quite nice. You yeah, know? Yeah. If you put the notes slightly different, it's got a jarring noise. They use the word jarring, right? and that makes us feel uneasy. And the question is, why is that? It's a bit of a mystery. Why, why would two notes make us feel uneasy and put two of the notes make us feel happy, in a sense? you know? And of course, the people who write the soundtracks for those horror movies are manipulating you, you know, by making that noise, those noises make you feel uneasy. You know? In a really low crowd or something, and you just, I don't know, you're like daydreaming and just yeah. focusing on nothing, just staying into the distance. You can, you, like, you can block it. You can block, block it out. Sounds. Yeah, well, again. How that, does the mind do that? That just shows you how, the, it's all about the mind, yeah. you know. Another, your eardrum is still vibrating in that room with that crowd but you're focusing but you're it. able to divert your mind away from it you see it just shows you the power of the mind because it is all about the brain in the end you know all the senses go through the brain you know and the brain picks up these things and, and therefore you're able to distract yourself now is there a difference between a children's sense of hearing and an adult? There is. Children are much better at hearing why does that change? I think it's ageing yeah. yeah you know like for example I can't run as fast as you anymore, I imagine, yeah. you know, because I'm older than you, so my muscles aren't quite as good. Hearing again gets a bit older and stuff stops working as effectively. Is there an experiment we could do to show that? Of course. Here in the laboratory of nonsense and the absurd, there's always an experiment that we can do. This is a great experiment to test how old you are, because we're going to hear a sound now. And as you get older, you get less able to hear a certain frequency, you see, and the frequency will change. So let's prove that you guys are younger than us two. I suppose that's what the experiment's going to achieve. You know? So we're going to hear a sound now that will change in frequency, and we're going to put our hands up, right? And when we stop hearing that, we'll take our hands down, and we'll test to see if you guys are younger than us. So put your hand up now. When, when the sound goes away, we're going to drop our hands, right? See that now? Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> you guys can yeah. sit here. See, look, that, look how young they are. Their hands are still up. Oh. You see? Are you still hearing it? Oh, God, you've got great hearing now. Oh, now you oh. see. Now, wasn't it? So our, we took our hands down. <laughs> I'm older now. A good 20 seconds before you see, two. And that was the evidence, you see. So we couldn't hear that at all. After. When you two could still hear it, you know. I think it starts to go from about the age of 16 or 17. That, that, that's you start you're, to you're, lose you're, you're it. You start to lose the capacity to hear those high, okay. those high frequencies, you see. So so get ready, lads. Make the yeah. most of it. Yeah. <laughs> now, if it was a dog, dogs can hear very high frequency noises that we can't. How do animals hear? Well, now, as you probably know, some animals are much better than us at hearing. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example. is whales in the ocean. They've got a fantastic sense of hearing. They can detect sounds. Hundreds of miles away, low frequency sounds, isn't that amazing? 
The great example we have as well is bats. Bats have got a great sense of hearing. Bats actually use hearing to, to sense things. They use sonar. They send a loud squeak out, right? It bounces back off something. And their brains can figure out the distance that things are away from them. You know, and again, that must be evolution. Uh, they're about to do that. I have a rabbit at home, and I noticed that his hearing is, well, better than all of our hearing, so... And they've got bigger ears, you know. Yeah. The reason for we've got ears is the ears are a bit like catching the sound, you know. And a big rabbits have big ears, haven't they? That's one reason why rabbits can hear much more than we can. They've got bigger ears. Yeah. And what about like sm- smaller animals, like maybe mice? Yeah. yeah. Every animal, yeah. every creature we think can hear things incredibly. Yeah. Even insects can hear things. Inc- are there any strange places that like other animals would have there, like where they hear from? So- <laughs> uh, one example is snakes can hear through their jaws. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So a snake will pick up the vibrations. It's all about vibrations in the air. And you can pick up the, the jaw of the snake can sense these vibrations. And that goes through its brain and it's sensing things through its jaw. I- so each animal has slightly different uh, ways of hearing I- things. I have a turtle as well. And she doesn't have ears but she still picks up like vibrations yeah. like one it's amazing again that's through bones probably mm, yeah. remember in our ears we've tiny bones that pick up from the eardrum but other animals just use the bones you know as well some animals have little tiny hairs and those hairs vibrate you know in our ear we've also got little tiny hairs by the way and they can start to vibrate off the eardrum as well so tiny hairs can be used to sense vibration so when you speak to me the air molecules are vibrating and then the vibrations of the air molecules hit off my eardrum and it starts to vibrate. So the sense of hearing is really about sensing vibrations. That's so interesting that it all comes down to vibrations, whether it's crashing waves or, or music. It's all vibrations. Professor O'Neill, you're a musician as well as a scientist. So how about we do a science of sense jamming session? Would you like to play some guitar with us? And we can sing and get some oxytocin going in our brains, like Milo told us earlier. So why not? Yeah. Can you guys play? Luke is our resident musician. Yes. That's it, that's a little riff at the start of that. They call that a riff, in case you don't know. We come all flapped up, we come grooving up slowly, we Well done. That was great Amazing. fun. Thank you for listening to The Science of Science. Bye. We have a cool worksheet with more facts, games and experiments. We'd love to hear how you get on with your own experiments. You can download the worksheet with the information on it. Head to rte.ie forward slash learn find out more. The Science of Sense is a curious broadcast production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee. Produced by Patricia Baker and Norma Lee. Final mix, Hugh O'Dwyer Contact Studio. Presented by Hugh W. Brown as Professor Bumbledum and Milo Costa and Luke Nanea. Music by Hugh W. One, two, Brown. Three, four, five, and six. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I wish? One, two, three, four, five, and six. There are many more senses than this.